Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Criminology. This is episode 59. We are one episode away from our season finale. Um, that's really just where me and Steven take two weeks off of posting. Um, it doesn't, last season it fell during the holidays. This time it doesn't fall really on anything. Um, Storm chasing season. Oh, well, sorry. That's not a real holiday for most people. <laughs> Just me. Um, so we've kind of dedicated 30 episodes to each season. So this uh, will just take two weeks off. And that's really just time for me to re- recoup my inventory. And not have to talk for I know. two straight weeks. Honestly. Um, so yeah, we've got this week. We've got our season finale next week. And then that's it for two weeks. Um, but we will be back. Um but yeah, other than that, um, make sure to follow us on social media. So we've got Instagram, Facebook, at Crimology Pod. We post source materials on Facebook, um, additional pictures and stuff like that, obviously, on Instagram. Uh, make sure to give us five stars, rate us, leave us a review, do all of those things. Um, and yeah, this is episode 59. We're talking about Johnny Gosh. So, this is another week where I don't remember how I came across this case. It was just on my list, and so I picked it randomly to cover this week. So, let's just dive right in. We're talking about 12-year-old Johnny Gosh, who went missing on September 5th, 1982. Johnny was a newspaper boy for his town in West Des Moines. On this morning, Johnny took the family dog, and he started on his paper route. Okay, so a little behind the scenes before we start recording. Say, there's always a couple things, town names or, or, you know, the last name of somebody. Words in general. Words in general. How She said, Stephen, how would you pronounce this? And and you said how? I don't even. <laughs> West Des, West Des Moines Mo- or something. Moines. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you said Des Moines. <laughs> West Des Moines. Yeah. So, sorry. There we go. Just. Worse. In, inside to our little show here. Um, so, anyways, people who work with Johnny said that they saw Johnny at the paper pickup. And another boy, John, said he saw Johnny talking to a stocky man in a blue-toned car. When they checked on Johnny, he said that the man was just asking for directions and so he was helping him out. John said he looked at the license plate of the car the man was driving but wasn't able to remember it to tell police. He later even went under hypnosis to try to remember the plate number. And he was able to remember a few numbers, but not enough to help police anyway. Another co-worker said as Johnny started walking to his route, he noticed another man following Johnny. A neighbor said they heard a door slam and saw a silver car speed away from the area where Johnny's wagon was found. And this is the wagon that he pulled with his, like, papers in the back. So people along Johnny's route started started calling Johnny's parents, complaining that they haven't received their paper yet. And this is when Johnny's dad went to go look for him. And this is when he found Johnny's wagon full of the newspapers just two blocks away from their house. So, a uh, little side note. 
I also tried to find out if the family dog was found, but didn't see anything on that, so just throwing that part out there, too. Sam Suarez, the animal person. <laughs> I know. But um, I, I think it's really funny. Like, do you ever get in those situations, too, of, like, you complain about something? Like, what did it? And then you find out, like, something went wrong or right. something like And you're like, oh, sorry about that. Right. You're like, hey, your punk kid didn't bring me my newspaper. And he's like, well, he's gone. Well, he's like, missing. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I take that back. So Johnny's parents immediately called to file a report, even though at the time policy was 72 hours had passed before someone is labeled missing. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a long time. I mean, like, I can understand it in some situations, but like, if you're, old? you're a 12 year old and like everything is just like your wagon full of newspapers right? is just sitting in the middle of the street. Okay. Like. At least you can, like, at least are like, hey, this kid's, right. like, this he's, is weird. he's not around here, so, like, where's he at? Right. So, police first looked at Johnny's case as a runaway, but later did come back and say that he was kidnapped, but had no motive to why he was kidnapped. There was little evidence to begin with, and no arrests were made. A few months later, Johnny was said to be seen here in Oklahoma, a, wo- a woman reported a boy was yelling while being dragged away by two men. At the time, the family hired a private investigator to look into it, but that private investigator had no luck. In 1985, Johnny's father received a letter from Robert Meyer, who was 19 at the time, writing under the name Samuel Dakota. So he tells the family he was a guard in a motorcycle club when Johnny was kidnapped. Robert says that Johnny was taken as part of a large child slavery ring that the club operated. Robert requested $11,000, which the family did send to him. And then he requested another $100,000 with the promise of Johnny's return. Robert was later arrested and charged with fraud by wire. Robert also said in his letter that Johnny was sold to a high-level drug dealer residing in Mexico. So that kind of police after this, police just kind of said, hey, Robert's not a good source to look into. This is nothing. Don't even look into it. So I couldn't find if the police even looked into anything, but all of Johnny's parents said that from the very beginning they were like first off why did you send him money um this is not a reliable source so i don't even know if they even looked into the source at all that's it's pretty stupid on robert's part of it like yeah send me eleven thousand dollars and all and then he's like oh wait no i need another hundred thousand dollars well like, I mean, I just take take your 11 grand and run <laughs> honestly Ta- the take the money that and run you send the letter and you're like, hey, $11,000 would be good. You got that $11,000? Just go. <laughs> like, at that point, I get, I mean, I try your luck, I guess. But, yeah. So, March, sorry, March 1997, Johnny's mom said around 2.30 a.m., Johnny, who is now 27, knocks on her door with another man. She said she recognized Johnny immediately and he even showed her a birthmark of his. She said they talked for an hour to an hour and a half, 
The whole time, Johnny was looking to this other man like he was asking for permission to speak and answer his mother's questions. She said he didn't say where he was living or where he was going when he left. She said he was wearing jeans and a jacket. His hair was dyed black and it was long, going down to his shoulders. Again, this pretty much it. We don't see a whole lot of police looking into this. Um, I think, again, police were just kind of like, okay, lady, um, are you sure that was Johnny? I don't right. think that was Johnny. So not a whole lot going into looking into this from the police aspect. So now we're in September of 2006. Johnny's mom said she had photographs left at her door and she was convinced one of the boys was Johnny. So there were two pictures. One picture had three boys who were tied up and gagged and another was just one boy and she believes the picture of just the one boy to be of Johnny. Now, at this time, police received an email saying that the photo with the three boys was from a case in Florida. It was a group of people who were challenged. This was crazy in and of itself. They were challenging each other to an escape contest. So no wrongdoings came from the photo and no charges were filed. All three boys in that picture were identified, but Johnny's mother still believes that the boy in that picture alone by himself is Johnny. Um, so also wild that this an escape contest even happens to the point that you have this picture of three boys. Um, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's just a very, very weird thing to be like. I mean, I guess you kind of have those now, technically, with escape rooms. I mean, I like, guess. Like, I get, like, oh, tie my tie my hands up and, like, let me see if I can get out of this. You know what I mean? But, like, to the bo- I don't want you taking pictures of me tied up. <laughs> because someone walks into your house. They're like, hey, where's this girl? Where's Sam? I'm free and I'm alive. But that doesn't look good. No, it, it's it's just a very weird thing. If, especially if that's really what it was. Right. Like, that makes zero sense to I me. Know. But if that's what they want to go with, that's what they can go with, I guess. So, another, this is just another thing that, like, I mean, you know, I think one of the detectives who worked on the case in Florida emailed the police when these pictures came back up and said, hey, I was working on this case. This is what it was. But other than that, again, no, not a whole lot of police, like, looking into anything. So, 1989... Paul uh, told his, uh, just a random guy, told his attorney that he was also abducted into a sex ring with Johnny and forced to participate in Johnny's kidnapping. So his attorney believed him and even Johnny's mother met with Paul and believed him. Paul knew about scars on Johnny's tongue and a burn on his lower leg, which was both not public knowledge he also told Johnny's mom about a, like a, what is that word I'm looking for? Um, stammer, a, what is, like, when you stumble on your words, what I'm having right now. You're like, da 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 Stutter? Stutter. Um, he told Johnny's mom about a stutter oh that Johnny God. had when he was upset. And this led Johnny's mom to believe Paul's story. So FBI and local police said that Paul was not a credible source 
and they did not believe him, so they never even interviewed Paul. Paul's siblings also said Paul was home when Johnny was kidnapped. So that's wild that Paul knows all of these details about Johnny, but his siblings are saying, no, Paul was at home with us when Johnny was kidnapped. So that's just a crazy part onto this. Currently, still to this day, no arrests have ever been made, and the case is considered cold, but still open. Um, wow. I know. That's that's crazy. So this is one of those missing people cases where normally, you know, it's this story, and there's some crazy parts, and you're like, whoa. But this is one of those that, like, this story goes up and down and up and down. So it's a pretty crazy story. Um, and so when I dug deeper into it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good case. So. Yeah, that's it's very interesting. There was a lot of, like, misinformation. Yeah. That's a crazy. lot of random information. Right, like, a yeah, lot yeah. of random things popped up. Police not really looking into anything because it is all so random. Um, so, yeah. A good pre-series finale episode. What a, what a great one. Episode 59. Now, let me just tell you, I'm just going to introduce my own Stevens Corner for this week. So, I'm, I'm going to bring sports into this, but I'm also bringing food into this. Okay. So, the Masters, which is like mm-hmm. the, the, big, Golf. the big golfing event, they have a deal every, was it like Monday? I don't know, basically the week of. It's called the Champions Dinner. Okay. Okay. So, basically, so whoever wins last year, it's basically all the former winners... Okay, go to this exclusive thing. So, I'm going to read to you what... So, Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters in, in, in 2021. Okay. So, I'm going to read you what his... So, it's got appetizers, two courses, basically, and then dessert. And this so, is like he gets to pick it? Yes. That's yeah, yeah. super cool. So, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to read this. And while I stumble upon some of these words, because this is a Japanese meal, so it's definitely going to be like, I'm going to stumble through some of this. Um, But you're going to tell me what your meal would be if you want. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, okay. So this would have been, so, okay. Yes. So so the Tuesday before the the tournament. So appetizers was assorted sushi. I'm not even gonna try. Um, and then, oh, sorry, sashimi. That's what it is. And nigiri, I believe. So basically, sushi. Okay. Um, for people who would not like sushi, me. Right. Um, they also had yakitori chicken skewers. Okay. Okay. So the first first entree, I guess you could call it, is it is a miso glazed black cod. Okay. With a dashi broth, dashi broth, I don't know, and a I'm gonna butcher this, but I just here we go. Miyazaki wagyu, the that like really expensive beef. Oh, okay, okay. Like it's those like funky looking. So, um, wow. Beef rib, basically beef ribeye with mixed mushrooms and vegetables, um, and then for dessert. Japanese strawberry shortcake. Aww. 
that's such like a wholesome finish. That's like a that's a. <laughs> so, now my question is to you: If so, an appetizer, two two courses, and then a dessert. Okay. Um, <laughs> I almost drove up to Tulsa, last or last weekend for some Texas Roadhouse rolls. So that would be right now. That's my appetizer. Bread. Okay. Some Texas Roll House rolls with some cinnamon butter. Mm, <laughs> that's gonna be our appetizer. I know that for dessert, I love like a good. Um, oh crap! I just had it in my name in my head. Um, death by chocolate kind of dessert. Like a triple chocolate. Yes, type of where thing. it's like, some you've got brownie or like. Uh, cookie dough and then it's like pudding and i oh i love a good death by chocolate <laughs> dessert um so that's definitely for dessert for i'm probably gonna do some type of steak as one side right um good steak potato some other kind of i love okra but i don't think i'd eat well we'll throw okra on some fried okra on with the steak and then, let's see, another entree. You know what? We're going to go crazy and we're going to do some type of pasta. Um, I just love <laughs> some good, I mean. What kind of pasta? That's what I was just about to say. I'm lactose intolerant. So Italian is one of the hardest food type of foods to eat because it is all cheese or it's all milk right um so i tend when we go to like olive garden or something i'm the boring person that gets spaghetti um but if i just won the masters we're having like chicken alfredo and i'm going all in um so it's gonna be a chicken alfredo so that's my meal well, let me just tell you, most people would not probably, I mean, I probably would have, tried, you know, if I was at this Masters Club dinner, his actual one, probably would have tried everything just to, oh, yeah. ma- probably not the sushi, I tend to stay away from that, but I would probably try everything else. Right. Your meal, on the other hand, I don't think anybody's turning that meal away. Ah, give me five of everything. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a hit straight down the middle. What would you have? Steak and pasta, bread. Listen, bread, that cinnamon butter. Listen, oh my gosh. I've been about that cinnamon butter for a long time. Oh, man. Maybe for episode 60, we'll just have a basket of rolls here and record. Oh, goodness. Well, that's all. Yeah, that's, I just wanted to, I thought that was, I actually was going to do that last week, but then, you know, I ranted on about whatever I ranted last week. So, uh, I'm fired up because it's storm chasing week season yeah i'm 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 juiced up ready to go he's leaving here to go do his nerdy thing (laughs) work on the car (laughs) he's got our instagram so look for our next endeavors that's right part of the part of the morrison media empire that's what we do in our two weeks off we go storm chasing all right, episode 59. Um, like we said, we'll have next week and then we'll have two weeks off, but we will be back. Um, I don't, right now, I don't have a season finale. I don't even have an idea of what I want to do. <laughs> oh, man. So if you have suggestions, let us know. I kind of want it to be like, a you know, I tried to do the season finale, have it be like a bigger case or like a more well-known case. Um, I try not to do so many of those, but try to do every once, you know, 
once or twice every season. Um, so the season finale is one. So go to our Instagram, leave a comment, email us, do all of the things. Let me know if there's one that you guys want to hear. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this is Sam. This is Steven. And this is Criminology. Thank you.